my spidey senses tingling. Meow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the always timeless foe of the century, Slim Paper Keg 127. Hot Mike. Hot Mike. Hot Mike loves beer. Welcome to the show. Paperkeg.com. Uh, we talk about Industry Niaz, R.I.P. The books we're reading. Uh, and we do a book club. Together we read the same book. And then we'll talk about it at the end of the show. One of Dale's picks. <laughs> uh, from Monkey Brain to Dark Horse. Bandit. Uh, welcome back. Focus here on my. I can focus in. Uh, probably the biggest show we've ever done was last week. Wolverine Origins. The people have spoken. They love Wolverine. Uh, so maybe that will lead into something else. Who knows? Um, Could it? That host who had the hot mic early in the show. He is a. He's a shade of white that uh, that I've never witnessed before in front of me. Unpublished writer. He's a father. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, the song "A Whiter Shade of Pale" was written about me and my complexion, and it's timeless. Great, and it's great. Thank you song. all for viewing me. Great song. <laughs> um, Dale underscore A. You are a delight. You're a father of two. You're obviously well-known factor and alcoholic. Um, I just want to say thank you for being here. It, through all of that, uh, it's big of you to be here. Welcome back. Um, what's that Xbox One? You have to, you have to excuse me. I'm recording live uh, my podcast right now. Uh, it's good to be here. I The Christmas beers are out, folks, so don't forget to partake tis the season for christmas beers what was the last beer that you had what was the what was the brand of beer that you most recently drank? exact time you drank it that would have been a lancaster brewing winter warmer ale uh, 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 about seven minutes ago uh, percentage of the proceeds are donated to a a wolf uh preservation of wolves in pennsylvania Good for you. Here first, giving back to the community, and we're giving back this episode with Bandit hardcover edition from Dark Horse Comics. Our friends over there put out this gorgeous Mm. hardcover. Preach, preach. And uh, if you're not into that, you can get the digital versions in that comics app if you'd like. Big show, big book club. Um. Dale has an Xbox One. He's probably playing it right now. He's looking off to the corner. <laughs> I'm seeing green. He's telling Xbox to do things. I don't know what's happening. I'm telling it to not be buggy and please let me play instead of watching games download for hours. 
What happened to your Dead Rising uh, download? I saw on Twitter. Twitter was up up in a, a firestorm about your failed download. Well, it was a, it was one hundred percent download, but it was buggy as s. I played uh, the first fifteen minutes three times, and the same portion of this of the same level. There was no terrain. I was walking on air. The zombies were walking on sunshine. And I was like, I kept running into walls. And and then I deleted, I uninstalled the download. And then I hastily bought another game because I was I just needed to get something out you, of it this You weekend. got rid of the download. You deleted it and didn't even want to try it again. Is well, that what you're telling me? I I redownload it, but I don't have it in me to retry to retry it again. Oh I'm so sick, <laughs> so sick of it. It's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, but Assassin's Creed Four, gorgeous, and uh, you know, hopefully, it uh, puts me back on the path to righteousness and mm. oneness. <laughs> um, one. What a speech from Dale on his Xbox One. If this were a tech podcast, we'd get into it, but it's not. Mm. Yeah, this is a comic podcast. Uh, we need to get into the comic talk. A lot of stuff came out, you know, last week, this week. I don't even remember what I read. My iPad is missing. My son has hit it before taping, and it's gone. I have no recollection of what I read this week. Your son, the ferret. Are you going to start us off then, Slim? <laughs> Uh, probably, I probably should since I tried to think of what I read. Um, let's talk about sex criminals. Let's get into it. Sex crims. Jonesy's favorite writer, Matt Fraction. He's, he's the new darling. Jonesy darling beer. Uh, (laughs) sex criminals. Maybe people are listening to this and are maybe tired of the internet talk about this book at this point. The hype. I don't even know there was hype or talk. You barely even use your phone. I don't know what you do on the on that phone of yours. <laughs> I make phone calls. <laughs> he curses into the phone to his uh, union reps. It's uh, ghastly what I've seen Jonesy do on that phone in front of his family. It's what I need to do, guys. Sex Criminals is a book about... Uh, diddling, the, right? Diddling. There's a heaping amount of diddling. So imagine, if you will... If you're a lady or a man, and while you come to a, quote, climax, mm-hmm. ah, um, time stops, except for you. You can, you know, meander around, but everything around you is frozen. And uh, this, the book starts out with this female character, and eventually she meets a dude that has the same power. And of course, they figure this out by um, getting better acquainted and um getting their sexually getting their timing right (laughs) in like it's a matt fraction people that have read hawkeye will know his kind of humor and how he can really nail it the humor internet darling voice of the generation matt fraction and in in these three it's there's three issues out there's actually this really great greatly written relationship between the female and the male that I'm smitten with. The way he writes these two characters and the male character, in my view, is essentially Matt Fraction. But the way that these two characters kind of meet each other and then, I don't want to say fall in love, but they're definitely crushing on each other pretty hardcore parkour. 
and you you see that in a really cool way where it's I, in my opinion it's very real the the conversations they have with each other and i i love this book i couldn't love it any more than i already do i uh i love it so much i think even if they dropped the premise of the uh the i don't want to spoil it so the antagonist in this book even if that part didn't exist and it was just two people trying to find love and happiness and just accidentally stop time with their dual climaxing, I would still love this book. <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> I'm so happy that I heard Jonesy say dual climaxing. <laughs> yeah. Never in my wildest dreams would I anticipate that. The um, But there's something that happened in issue three, which is kind of like Hawkeye has a few moments where it's just kind of goofy, fraction-esque writing that probably wouldn't be done in regular comics. But there's a scene where they go out to this bar and she hears her favorite song, which is Fat Bottom Girls. Oh, and there's man. a three or four page oh, yeah. uh, scene where she like jumps on the pool table and starts singing it like karaoke to, to him. But there's the where, where she should be singing the lyrics, she doesn't. And it's there's a kind of written copy above her speech bubbles by Matt Fraction explaining how they couldn't get the rights to the lyrics of this song. So for three pages, he just kind of talks to you, the reader, about how they couldn't get the lyrics, what their thought process was, and how maybe they'll, they'll be able to afford it for the trade paperback. Amazing. It's like one of the smartest things I've ever seen in uh, a recent comic book. That's hilarious. I mean, uh, I've, I have a lot of regrets reading, not reading, getting to read books, but... The way you, I mean, I I knew the premise of this before, and I knew it probably had some charm outside of the, um, you know, the main, I guess, uh, uh, driving factor to the book. But um, I believe that the 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 the, the relationship between the two is probably amazing. The way Matt Fraction writes it and. God, he does relationships really well in comics. I don't know how he does it in real life, but which is great because you know against this backdrop of these superpowers, crazy. Um, Dale, you need to read this book so you can read about double dual climaxing with Jonesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I call it double clutching. That's what I call word. it. Word. Speaking word. of the gray ghost himself, Jonesy loves beer. <laughs> Uh, what did you read this the gray week? gray ghost. Well, I kept it tight, you know, fellas with the monkey brain. It's inappropriate. And I read Dave. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't making YouTube. <clears throat> Get on your bikes and ride. All right. Uh, shout out to uh, Freddie Mercury. His birthday was today or it just passed. Oh, happy birthday, Freddie Mercury. You will be missed by all. All right, so now that tender moment has passed, uh, I read Dave from Monkey Brain Comics. Uh, excellent first issue. It, the premise is that uh, humans created AI at some point, and then the... Now I want to hear the guitars kick in. Thanks a lot, Dale. Uh, so anyway, the robots win. They conquer Earth. They conquer the known universe. 
and uh, now they're stuck. They don't know what to do. So they kind of become humans because that's all they know they're programmed by. So we find ourselves in the singular story of Dave, who was like an ex-defense robot, like an ex-war hero. And now he's like a CPA. You know, he has a, you know, he decided to start a family. He hates his, you know, his robot wife <laughs> and his robot life. And like he's on the verge of getting fired because he doesn't show up to work on time. He doesn't like, he's like a slacker. It's like office space. For a robot who, you know, previously took over the world and defended the galaxy, and <clears throat> now he's an accountant. So, the first issue, you know, the first half of it is just explaining the world of Dave, and then the uh, the third act, if you will, Dave's just had enough, and one of his buddies comes by, and he's like, hey, why don't we just go... <laughs> go to this robot strip club i forget what it's called it's like the it's called the oil can or something like that he's like why don't we just go over you know and he's like it's nine twenty in the morning and then like in standard uh the hangover fashion he wakes up like the next morning like on the on the floor with pieces of robotic underwear everywhere and uh he walks out and his wife goes um Maybe you didn't uh, realize it, but we or- you ordered a robotic son last night, and he's in the <laughs> living room playing video games. And that's how the first issue ends. It's hilarious. Monkey Brains Dave, uh, written by um, Ryan Ferrier, and art by Valentin Ramon. So please go pick it up. Hilarious first issue. Uh, can't wait for issue number two. It was. I was shocked how much I liked that first issue. It was comedic genius. It was really great. The I think the only negative I had was the ending kind of came out of nowhere, where like he realizes that he ordered the kid, and then I wanted like <laughs> I wanted to keep reading, and I think it was a pretty oversized issue for Monkey Brain, like it wasn't twelve pages or whatever. It felt like it was higher than that, but I loved it. I can't wait for more. I just hope it gets on a monthly <laughs> schedule because the ones I start to like on Monkey Brain, like don't get into a regular rotation for whatever reason. And then you're left yeah. with huge gaps and in between. Like Fabula. I love Fabula. But that mm. didn't get into any kind of rotation. Dale underscore A. You have an Xbox. You're looking at it right now. You just looked at it again to make sure it was still there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can gif that licking motion that you just did. Um, what did you have time to read this week where you weren't... Um, drooling over your Amazon shipment box of that hardware device. Uh, I went ahead and caught up on, and I feel, you know, it hasn't been talked about in a while, so let's just put it out there. The Superior Spider-Man, number uh, 21. Oh, okay. And that, uh, well, it's it's been a great, a uh, couple of issues since since last we talked about it, but um, this one he uh, you know Otto is still Peter Parker. Spoilers, and um, he's on the verge of getting his um, he's getting ready to do his thesis, so he can finally get his uh, PhD and be a doctor like Peter Parker should have been all along. And he is uh, in issue twenty. He was giving his thesis in front of the board and the uh, professor, he, the, his main basically antagonist at this college was uh, the um, Dr. Lamaze. 
And uh, as he's giving his thesis, his thesis is all about uh, controlling artificial limbs, both internal and external, uh, to the human body. And Dr. Lamaze totally calls him out on it. He's like, this is complete, this is a farce. This is all based on material unpublished by my friend Otto Octavius. So Peter Parker was like kind of in this tough spot, like he was caught. And... um. And, uh, and, th- and that was a cool cliffhanger because in issue 21, it kind of, um, you know, his uh, Peter's lady friend, Ms. Marconi, uh, they've been kind of seeing each other. I love that little relationship that they have. I mean, yeah. even though um, Otto Parker's, like, morals are questionable, questionable, you know, he's, it's still, it's not like complete terror it's not like he's a bad guy. He's just doing things in a bad... He's doing good things in a bad way or or questionable way. But um, I like the relationship, and I like that this Marconi girl like kind of has him in a spot where he has feelings for this woman. And uh, so she sticks up for him, and uh, he eventually um, finds Dr. Lamaze and confides... Oh, he, um, he basically... Uh, takes over this virtual reality but it's a re- real body of Otto and goes to see Dr. Lamaze and, and says Peter Parker even though this was all on the hush Peter Parker apprenticed for him when they were younger and it was Peter who actually came up with the stuff and kind of kind of covered for his own A mm-hmm. in that sense and uh, this the and Carly Cooper is like hot on the trail of um, figuring something out. He's, she's figuring out that Peter's uh, funds are, 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 are Peter's all Peter's tech is being funded by like offshore accounts. Uh, Otto Octavius's offshore accounts. So she's hot on the trail of finding something out. But mm-hmm. you know this something does. You know it's not. I don't think you could still go another couple years without blowing the main cover. Yeah. But, uh, th- so I like how there's a trail of breadcrumbs, but it's not necessarily like the big reveal that she's on to. I hope I hope that that leads to something that doesn't get undone, because I don't know if you, uh, I don't want to talk about issue twenty two that much, but there's been a few instances where you're like ah this is it, this is where he gets caught, and then you're like aha, oh. not even close. And so I'm I'm hopeful that this her storyline where she's slowly working continues to build and doesn't gets blown off doesn't get blown off too quickly. Yeah, is it just me or is Carly Cooper like the best new Spidey character in recent memory? I just love her as a supporting uh, supporting character. She's a great. She's adorbs. Yeah, I loved her relationship when she was in the relationship with Peter, and I just think she's cool and i and it's cool that she's still like now she's sympathetic and doesn't believe peter's a huge piece of crap the one other thing that kind of i don't know if it bummed me out or just maybe i read it totally wrong but the beginning of that storyline made me think that peter was in someone else's body because that issue starts out with or maybe the issue before um where they replay peter's death as dr octopus and then around that same time frame or like soon, like maybe afterward they show someone that someone in a nearby room 
wakes up out of a coma. And I'm like, whoa, why did this person just wake up? And in my head, it was like, oh, is that Peter in this dude's body? And yeah. then it wasn't at all. It was something totally different. But it was a weird um, connection yeah. to Peter Ock's death that made you think something totally different was happening. Yeah, I got that sense was um, it just turned out to be like this kind of throwaway villain. Yeah, for for two issues, but the way it was written, the very beginning made it seem like it had this weight to it. Like mm-hmm. there was something way more involved. But it turns out there was this stunner virtual reality girl because that was a a lady, that big oh, brute yeah. that oh woke my. up out of coma. Was but, she ever? But she I was don't like even that, remember. She was like Miyoko or that Chiyoko from uh, Akira, that big brute of a woman. However, that oh yeah, yeah. Name was. yeah. There's huge sandbags for a, a frontal, <laughs> for front front end. Workable sandbags. <laughs> the, I, I do like how the female love interest for Ock uh, isn't like a love interest you've seen in the past in a comic book. She just seems like a regular character, and that's not to be a detriment to her, but it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a character and it's a type that you just haven't seen before, and I really yeah. enjoy that. And it's super charming the way she... Her, she handles Peter and pa- handles Peter's quirks, and I, I really like her as a character. And, can, and keeping up with the the book and the Superior Spider-Man tie-in, like uh, ancillary books, I guess maybe this was their plan the whole time. But I still feel more of an emotional draw from the tie-in books, like uh, the annual that's going to be my lightning round and the Avenging or Avenging Superior, whatever that book is called now. Yeah, I feel team like, up. I feel like that's, team. like, that's the juice. Like, that's, the, or that's the jam, like, where I want to get mm-hmm. my emotional um, needs from this title. Like, you don't really get it from the main title, at least in my opinion. It's still very action-packed and stuff. But you, you really do see the redemption story that I always love in the other titles. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, Chris Yost on Superior Team Up, like... He kills it on a monthly basis or however, however many times this book comes out. But he's amazing on that book. And uh, Chichetto's been on there. Chichetto. For, had, a cool, has, had a cool run on it too. But mm. Yoast is, at, because of Superior Team Up, I mean, when I notice his name on things, I expect quality because, I, I mean, I love him on that book. Mm-hmm. I also love. read that, uh, for whatever reason, I read A Plus X. That Superior Spider-Man was in this week, and that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, lightning round, two senses or less. Another book you read. S- Superior Spider-Man Annual. Aunt May is kidnapped by a Spidey villain and sees something. She may never forget. Great issue uh, involving Superior Spider-Man. Daredevil, issue 33. I really wanted to get into this issue, but it's so difficult when I know we're entering the final arc. From this great creative team, single tier. Afterlife with Archie, number mm. two. Mm. This book 
continues to surprise me the way it dances this fine line between legit adult horror and R.L. Stein's goosebumps for a younger audience. And GD, it's entertaining as H for horror. Bandette. Hardcover version from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, collecting the digital firsts from Monkey Brain. And something I don't think has been done to this scale before. Dark Horse has never taken on the digital first before, but IDW and I want to say Boom has taken on Monkey Brain digital first and collected them. But this is the first hardcover. Uh, Jonesy, what is Bandette? Bandette is a multi-layered book with a colorful cast of characters, the lead of which is the eponymous Bandette. Uh, she's a young French thief uh, who plays for the good side. Uh, her moniker is Bandette. Of course, that's not her real name. That's like a costumed identity that she puts on and steals these uh, valuable artifacts from bad people. So she's kind of like a Robin Hood character. <clears throat> and she has a wonderful... Um, urchin army to kind of assist her you know that in a moment's notice they can put on bandette costumes and you know just flood the streets and become a distraction or get clues and uh the main character bandette also is wanted by the police but is working with the police chief and is also really wanted by a criminal group led by absinthe who is out to get her. And they want to get her because she's stealing items of a very exclusive list. You know, they all belong to uh, this criminal organization, and she is going to target them specifically to kind of recover uh, these prized artifacts that have gone missing. You know, in the in the meantime, they throw uh, an assassin at her, Matadori, and uh, there's also... Uh, quietly involved working off the same list um, a expert elderly gentleman who is also a thief um, and for the life of me I can't think of his name off the top of my head what is it Dale what, who, who's the master thief the older gentleman Monsieur 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 yeah Monsieur so <clears throat> these characters all kind of cross each other's lives and they all have these like awesome French capes and they all you know speak in their French accent at each other as they're going to find these items. And the, the first volume, Presto, uh, issues one to five, is really just about setting up this universe uh, set in Paris of these, like, tongue-in-cheek, what I, what I assume is Parisian humor, where nothing's quite serious and nothing's exactly comedic, and it kind of meets somewhere in the middle. And I I'm assuming that over the course of the book, this overarching... Uh, quest for these items is going to come to light, although it really hasn't made a big impact in the first five issues. But if you love, <laughs> is that my uh, rambling sounder? I've gone on too long. And if it's not, can it be from now on? <laughs> Scared me a little. 
Like, if I go beyond two minutes from now on, I want fat bottom girls oh, blasted yeah. in my face. No, I, I, just I, letting me know. I genuinely thought you were doing a, a fine job. I just, it's in my head and I couldn't help. I was like, oh, I have an itchy trigger finger. I, I actually, I think you were doing fine, though. I apologize. Well, I, I mean, I'm just trying to make something out of the Greek that was Bandit. The uh, Greek? Oh, one. my. So there you have it. So are Sp- you trying Sp- to say uh, opinion spoilers right now? Yeah. Jonesy loves beer considered. <laughs> Isn't that what we're here for? How is it spoilers if this is the show Man, we is, do? This is where Jonesy fights back. This is the <laughs> Just cool your jets over there. You need to calm down. <laughs> Just relax. We're going to get into your opinion right now. Jonesy. Live to tape. Live to go. tape called Bandit Greek. Uh, can you expand on why you didn't like this book a little bit? Uh, now, you just put words in my mouth. I didn't say I didn't like it. I did say it was hard to follow at points. Um, things I love versus things I hated. I love the art, first and foremost. Uh, I thought the cartoonish character models were exquisite. Parisians. Uh, Parisians. Parisians. Parisian exquisite. Racist. Um, I especially love, for some reason... I thought the character of Matadori, the way she was like a cutesy, um, like bullfighter with a fencing sword, like it didn't make sense, and it made me chuckle whenever she was on the page. And the fact that she was such like, I don't know, like a buffoon, like she didn't have it all together. She's also supposed to be like this world class assassin. For some reason, that tickled me pink. It was quite good. Uh, I liked uh, Monsieur. I thought he was funny as like an older detective, and he's kind of supposed to be this. super clever every man that the whole world reveres but yet constantly teenage french girls seem to confound him uh the only character i didn't like was bandette oh, in this whole yowza. uh this whole volume yowza i just found her character to be pandering yowza. and yowza. i uh i i love the supporting cast and uh the art like i said i'll, I'll say it again for whoever will hear me the art is fabulous in this volume uh but i just thought it was a a little too pow in your face. This is French and funny, and uh, you know maybe it would be it would serve me better if I read more issues than I did. I mean, I just read the first five. I felt like I could have read more to got to get the point. I think that's all that's so out. I don't know if this is for a reference. What's I, that? I, for reference, I believe yeah. that's all that's available. And I think the first five are collected though. It was like one volume, so I guess I mean in my head, like I want to think that's one thought. Like that's you know a volume like writing for the trade. Like you want you make one statement with a volume they collect, and I just don't think that matched up here exactly, and that's maybe what threw me for a loop. Uh, so there was things I liked, and there was things I didn't like, like Much in Life. Slim, what did you think? First of all, thank you for finally being honest with us, with a review, and coming out. <laughs> well, we took 127 episodes. Coming out in the open. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed Bandette. I think it's a, it's a lush, gorgeous-looking comic book. And when I, you know, whip out my gorgeous iPad and I show people, you know, comic books on a retina device, Bandette is one of the top books that I that I show people. And I love, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little, uh, and I want to say, I want to say French title. You know, there, obviously there's some French uh, thematic elements happening, but I wish I read more French. Uh, titles and maybe even bon dessinée books um, that really have this kind of collected vibe. in the industry, folks. Where, you know, obviously, as we all know, in in the France, they don't read monthly books. They kind of read collected graphic novels, kind of like Endless Wartime, 
if you want to imagine that. That's what people read over there. They don't read weekly bandettes or whatever. Hmm. Which, which actually kind of makes total sense thematically that we read it like this. This is the first time I've ever read Bandette in this collected form in the in the hardcover edition, and it was perfect. The way I like I I know you know folks talked about Bandette when it would release. What was it on a, on a was it a monthly schedule? It was like a semi monthly so, schedule. Yeah, it was like a monkey uh, brain schedule. Yeah, the, yeah. They and they write they they write their own rules over there. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was great that it was all collected in this edition like this, and and I feel like I I didn't miss anything. I feel like I kind of would have, um, you know, missed out on a com- more complete thought had I read it on a regular schedule. So I really enjoyed the the collectedness of it, um, and like like Slim like Jonesy started getting into it, and then he started getting like semi pigeonholing paris people into french people into some sort of humor <laughs> hold on hold on into I some do sort not, of humor there's no group uh, of people that jonesy doesn't disparage no, off air than the french people <laughs> like he's gridlocking the parisians into this humor that's not funny but all i i like all conjecture folks i love the french people don't get me wrong i really liked the zany humor because it wasn't like thrown in your face every second but there were genuine laugh out loud moments during what could be semi serious kind of events happening. Um, for example, the, the a, a big one that stands out for me is when um, Bandette is uh, surrounded by the sniper the snipers, and she calls upon her uh, urchins, and they're all dressed like Bandette uh, to help her out, and. Dr- when they're on costume, it's drawn like they all look exactly like Bandette, but and then they start like taking off their the like the little eye mask, and they're all just people, and they're like they're individuals. You can tell them apart, and one is just like Pimento, the little dog. They like take the <laughs> mask off of Pimento, and it's implied that Pimento was one of the Bandettes helping out. I just thought it was so funny that. Uh, this whole time, Pimento, the dog, was dressed like Bandette to help out, and I just thought it was uh, th- that was a, like a good example of like the the kookiness, like out of the blue. Yeah, and that that's that when I when I read finally got to that scene, I felt like that cemented the humor and world of this book because if this was like real life, you know, those people would not be risking life and limb. I think they did it, uh, maybe maybe I'm thinking of the last scene at the end of the book where they could die like at any point helping out Bandette yeah, for yeah. These, the, these, these urchin people. And that's the world that you're living in, this Bandette world where you kind of almost think that you're always going to land on your feet. You're like a cat in this world where you get thrown off a building and you're going to grab a flagstaff and you'll just like zip down to the street. Like this is that fantastical world of Bandette that you live in. Like I would never see someone dying in this world almost. Like something would happen. It's like G.I. Joe where people just get shot in a limb or something. And I really like that fact because I I was kind of um, – I was almost on the lookout because when she was warned that she was surrounded by snipers, I was like if she gets – if she or somebody gets shot or hurt – that would like throw off the vibe of the whole book, mm-hmm. and it was cool that it, that didn't happen at all. Like the, there was gunplay, but nobody got hurt. Like you said, it was GI Joe or you know uh, 
maybe like a cartoon, you know, back in the day where there were guns, like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon or something. Is that another reason why you didn't like the book, Jonesy? There wasn't enough death? (laughs) Death or... Yeah, absolutely. No darkness. Uh, You know, I really wanted there to be an F-bomb dropped every other page. Mm -hmm. Now, did you get get the hardcover or did you read digital copies? No, I I actually... uh, Support of the cause and bought it oh, wow. uh, okay. off Comixology. Oh, oh okay. <clears throat> Just because I love, uh, you know, I love that new iPad Air and I love those HD files. And oh, that's I can't, right. You're the I can't stop reading in HD. How is the, the Retina experience now? You're you're new to oh, it. Yeah, he's new to it. Yeah, that book so shines I thought, in it. I thought stupidly that I didn't need upgrade to a Retina iPad. That my my old iPad two was getting the job done. And all these millions of people didn't know what they were talking about. Classic. And then I upgraded, and then I slapped myself silly for being a fool. uh, Because you can just tell that that Retina Display iPad, and especially the Comixology app with the HD files, good Lord, is it just, it's a wonderful time to be alive. It really is, to be able to read those in glorious HD. I will put on a little Comixology male cheerleader outfit right now and toss letters and Go sing it from the mountain. I'd love to see you in a cheerleader outfit, double climaxing. Male or female, I'll do both. It doesn't matter. You know, not to maybe the last thing we'll say about the tangent, but when I got my Retina Mini and that was I was coming off the non-Retina Hopper for a year, one of the first things I downloaded was the Swamp Thing collection from DC. Uh, Oh my, the Alan Moore one. Oh my, there's even like some. There's like a forward at the beginning of that that's just gorgeous text, and it was fully readable. You know, it was like the printed page slapping me in the mouth. Amazing. Can I can I one more comment Surely. for a tangent? Uh, it's also about oh the book that shall not be named. But I did download the HD Barry Omnibus. And rereading that again in beautiful retina display has been a treasure of my early 30s. I think it would be funny if I edited out what book you talked about. And <laughs> just put in whatever you wanted. <laughs> since we that is on a permanent moratorium. Although yeah. I would love for us... <laughs> And maybe I'll edit out the book that I say. I would love for us to do a a rucka keg oh of the entire. Are you saying that's what we're doing? Series. Oh my god! Can oh. you imagine? Jesus! Oh yeah! Mary and Joseph. <laughs> now um, back to Bandette. I actually really love the possibility that Monkey Brain has opened up for publishing, whereas they can just put out you know Edison Rex in a digital format. It's obviously high quality, but they're doing it themselves. And then that opens them up to publishing rights with other publishers for the printed world. You know, I still, I always think about the monthly comic book versus the collected. And the majority of people, in my view, only care about the collected version. So they're not going to care about the single issues of Edison Rex or Bandette. They want to read the full version. So I think it's awesome that publishers see that and they're like, well, yeah, we'll collect that and we'll sell it printed. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool that, you know, in a in a world in a world where in a world um you know, sometimes you see the um the frenemy kind of publishing, you know, going head to head comparing sales that it's cool that you see like IDW and Monkey Brain or Monkey Brain and Dark Horse kind of buddy up to put out this product that it's just they're doing it for the consumer because it looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I really like that fact. It really makes me smile because, you know, Monkey Brain has it locked down on the digital side. I mean, they, they're they kicking 
they're kicking butt over there, but it's cool that they were able to find partners to help publish like the uh, hardcovers. Like ID, IDW's hardcovers are like the more I notice that they put out hardcovers, the more I the, the quality is delicious, and mm-hmm. the the Bandette hardcover from Dark Horse is really good, and the. The back matter, there was like a half of the hardcover was back matter. Oh, really? Of, um, they were like these two page stories set in the Bandit universe. Um, with a, the, a lot with a police officer or just the, uh, yeah, actually, the, there was a, there was at least one that involved the police officer. A lot of them uh, were written by Paul Tobin, who wrote Bandit, but, um, there was the police chief was one. And the uh, as a, as an aside from the the main story, which I really liked, was when you find out like the his assistant has like a total crush on him, mm-hmm. and she's like working super late because he is and he might need something or whatever. I really like. I really thought that was funny. Oh, that's interesting because in the digital version, um, that happened in the five issues. So I wonder if they altered it for the collected version. Well, n- well. N- that happened in the five issues, but there was a whole story oh, there was a whole about ad- her additional one. Yeah, yeah, it was just her like set in her day. It was, hmm. but but they were cool like two page stories, and there were probably ten or twelve of them, Interesting. drawn by different people. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is a book where I kind of wish I don't know maybe there was like a tale of tales of Bandette where I'd love to see additional creators come in, maybe mm-hmm. like the All Reds come in and do like a maybe like a five page story i'd love to see that kind of become a thing where they invite their friends to come tell stories in the bandit universe i think that'd be really cool oh, it's like the tales of the fear agent mm-hmm. i wasn't i said i wasn't gonna say that but that's what i was thinking of yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll pick it up for you <laughs> uh, but i i'd love to see more i don't know what how that book lives like the most recent issue i have in my head i have no idea when it came out but it feels like the book has been out for a year, but there's only been five issues. So I wonder what its publishing schedule. I know Colleen did uh, an issue of Batman 66, which was kind of cool. She did a Batgirl issue. So yeah. I, I, I wish it were on a more regular schedule. But, I mean, even though I think a lot of people love this stuff, I think these kind of books are still very much a labor of love for the creators. And even until it gets collected, you know, maybe they still don't even see money at that point. Yeah, I, I I wonder if there is a, there is any sort of detriment to that because, like you said, there's only five issues out, which I had no idea. There's only five issues out na- still. Like, at one point, does the creator just not just forget about it, or like because they because I'd like I'm curious to see if they had any structure set for themselves to go back. Or like, are they working on Bandit now? I because guess is it like, I guess they would have to be with that story seeds that they dropped. They made like Act Two with the you know the the gathering of the items like that was like a big kind of thing happening in the storyline that they would allude to. I think yeah, that was like, a, the, that was a huge tease. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if like they I, to know they were they were actively working on it now or it was like we got that we got our that arc set up and then uh, they moved on to other things. And if they have to like, if they have to like climb that mountain again to try to like get back on the bandit horse Mm -hmm. and whether they do it or not, you know, just a, just a curious curiosity. There you have it. Jonesy, do you uh, 
have any closing thoughts on no, Bandit? I'm not going to backpedal at all. I, I stick with my guns here. Uh, a lot of positives and some, you know, some glaring negatives for me. I appreciate that. Sure. You know, I don't want I don't want you ever to backpedal. Yeah, that's not what we're about here. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. A letters at paperkeg.com. You want to shoot us a letter. Hopefully it's not too long. And maybe we will read it on the era. Okay, so our single letter comes to us from show friend Dragonfro. And he writes, Sup? As mentioned in a tweet earlier in the week, I finally got around to watching Man of Steel. Warning, spoilers ahead, Jonesy. It's okay, Dragonfro. I did get to see it. Uh, that movie... That movie is a steaming pile of poopy trash. As soon as Jarrell jumped on that dragon moth thing, I was like, F this S. And no, I don't mean hope. I lost count. <laughs> That's pretty good. I lost count of how many times I said out loud, I hate this movie. The guy playing Zod was garbage. Of the few things I liked were the performances of Russell Crowe, Kevin Costner, uh, the guy who played the ba- uh, or the lady who played the B.A. Kryptonian chick, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce her name, and Detective Stabler. The story was bad. She sounds the pace Parisian, was bad. right, Jonesy? <laughs> <laughs> the lens flares were bad. The everything was bad. Poopy trash bad. My God. That's all I got for you this week, peeps. The king, he signs himself. Oh, wow. He's getting very cocky about himself. I think wow. I'm kind of, I don't know. I feel like I have said and heard everything I would ever want to say or hear about that movie that I, I'm excited for the sequel. I actually am very eager to see what happens. If the ship gets righted, if you will. I got to tell you, the, uh, you know, yeah, we've, we've talked about it. Jonesy, uh, Jonesy knew about it before he even saw the movie, our feelings yeah, about the... I did. We were heated, but... The, since the Blu-ray commercials have been out recently and they started playing that score Great during some score. of the scenes, I was like, I want to see that movie again just because the, the commercial does it for me because the score and the the scenes that I did see were like very, they were, they're powerful scenes, what they show on the TV. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course I would have the same feelings after sitting through two hours of Metropolis getting blown to hell, but... um. Lip ash. Climaxing on ash. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, thank you, uh, Dragonfro, for that wonderful letter. Do we have any others? Is that it? That's it. That's the only letter. I just want to get another one. I wish. I think you say that every week. It's like that time that I could have sworn we picked a book club before Bandette, and then everyone <laughs> laughed in my face, and I actually had. And it was. Okay. And, and we're reading it for next week. <laughs> Next week's book club was predestined fatal. What a show. But I feel I feel really good about this one. I think we, we are just cruising. We're like Tom Cruise in the early nineties. Wow. Every movie is just destroying the blockbuster. Uh, you know, it's just uh Take us away, Queen. 
Uh, if you want to shoot us a review, tell us how you love Queen. Shh. Just let the guitars happen, Slim. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. Shh. So long, YouTube. <laughs> we hardly knew ye. <laughs> I I will not sleep tonight because the song is going to be in my head <laughs> all night long. I just imagine you drinking beers and smashing them against the wall in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, smash! Uh... <laughs> Mo just comes down. What are you doing? I throw a bottle at the wall near her head. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I actually liked uh, got real. that Copeland's art on uh, Daredevil this this week. I really liked it. His uh, Matt Murdock was a little strange. He looked Not really young bad in the beginning. Yeah, like I don't know if that like, was especially that beach scene. He was like very well. That was maybe that was dr- intentional. Yeah, that was a dream sequence. I chalked it up as that. There was a spelling error in that book. Amazingly, like at the end, it's interesting. What was it? I missed it. Um, I think it was can't or won't. Like a, I can't remember what it is. I made a, I made a mental note and I chuckled. <laughs> trying to think of what else came out. I'm going through the list right now. I didn't read a ton this week. Today, this week was a real high week for me. Mm-hmm. But how about Dave? Right, I think it was so good. Yeah. How about a um, new Moon Knight title from our boy? Our Is boys. Yeah. Warren, Warren Ellis, Ellis and Declan Shalve. That's not out there, right? No, it's one of those new, all new Marvel Now books. Right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, he uh, sounds like he's going to take this. Uh, maybe he'll find a, a purpose for Moon Knight, you know, because he's taken it into this weird crime, weird crime genre. He says. Didn't the last uh, relaunch do really great for like two issues and then fluttered? Every every Moon Knight relaunch does great for two issues. Because everybody says, man, I can't wait to read this book. And then they don't read the book. um, Like everybody loves Moon Knight, but they don't know why. And they stop reading it because. Ellis did say he's not, he's dropping that personality disorder thing. Oh, thank God. The one where he he sees uh, Cap and Wolverine in his head all the time. Can't that wait to play it out. Is all I'm you know what else I read that it was uh, hilarious was the Last Christmas by Jerry Duggan oh, yeah? and Posehn and your boy Remendo. Remendo on pencils. It was really, really funny. I was surprised. Rick Remendo on pencils. Yeah, he he uh, he's kind of an artist too. But he doesn't do it that much anymore. You're so modest for your friend Rick. <laughs> He's kind of a pen. Are you guys meeting tonight after the show? Is that why you asked? Yeah, we're doing like a early? little podcast thing just with us. We're not going to air it. What? We're just going to talk about comics and life. I, I mean, but I could, I could maybe do a soundtrack or like if you need. <laughs> Can me. you bring Fat Boss Girls with you? It's called the. It's, it's called the Flip, and you guys are going to release nine episodes <laughs> next year. <laughs> the Flip.
Black Science next week. Oh man, I am super excited for that book. I, I'm sure you already have. Uh, di- you already called dibs on it, reviewing it. I'm sure. She already reserved the J. Scott Campbell oh. variant. <laughs> the J. Scott, the, mi- the Midtown exclusive. There actually is a Midtown exclusive that I don't know how I'm going to get my hands on. There's a Hastings variant, which I think I can only get. Actually, which reminds me, I should look it up online. Hastings.com. Hastings variant. Uh, there's a Hastings variant. There's a DCBS, which I bought. Um, there's. Would you? Did you get on it. somebody else's order, or did you order? No, it? I just went on DCBS, and that's the only thing I bought. Like this three dollar comic book variant. You get it in three months. Is that how it works? <laughs> um, but also, there's an A and B cover, which I actually went to my local comic shop, this really cool little place, and I pre-ordered that. So I'm getting the A and B from what? them. I'm excited for you. I know. I'm excited to... I mean, these might be framed. Let me just frame these bad boys up. Now's the time. My God. What a great time to be alive. It's a good time to be alive. I'll tell you that mm. much right now. But yeah, the Hastings and the Midtown... Are, I might have to go in. I don't know what mid, the Midtown scene is like. I've only been there once, but it's like is there right a, next to our office. I thought Hastings was like Midwest. It's like FYE only. in the Midwest, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. FYE, wow. Fi. Where you can get your $35 CDs. <laughs> is that still a thing people do? They don't just steal them now all the time? Oh, they probably do both. There's probably some dopes out there that still buy CDs. I don't think I've bought off of iTunes or Amazon Digital. It feels like in a year. I, bought, I don't I, think I've ever... I bought Pearl Jam's no. album on iTunes. <clears throat> yeah. I pre-ordered that. Mm. Did the, the Wolverine pre-order. There you go. On that Haas piece. Man, <laughs> movies on that iPad Air, babe. You got to forget about it. Mm. Man, I must have been watching an Atari game before that Retina. Let's be honest. <laughs> what I do is I lay in bed and I uh, I set my little iPad up on my nightstand and my eye view with my little cake, little kickstand. I just your wife think of that? Lay there and watch it. You uh, you know you're laying. There's, there's on, some struggles. You're laying on your side, a la Jabba, <laughs> as you watch. <laughs> you face your nightstand. I make my iPad Air wear a bikini. <laughs> hey, Jabba, no bother. Yet up, yet up. 